You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday with Wayne McCurry, who's a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment. I'm looking at my screen now, Wayne, and I have to say that even I'm slightly disturbed by what's happened. And the reason I'm disturbed is because last night we saw a massive rally in the U.S. stock yes. market. In other words, 400 plus points on the Dow Jones or close to 400, whatever the number was. And today, if I look at it, let me just quickly update you. The S&P is down 61 points or 2.1%, and the Dow Jones is down... Gosh, it must be 450 points at the moment. This volatility yeah. doesn't bode well. It's it's not good for long-term investors, I don't think. No, look, it's very difficult environment, this. But we've seen it before. I mean, I suppose if you're in the equity market and you want to jump off a building because the market's falling, mm-hmm. you've got the wrong job. Because, I mean, we have seen this before. This is for every time it's slightly different reasons. You know, normally... Well, look, what's going wrong? I mean, let's just go back and say, why is this happening? Yeah. First and foremost, global economic growth, the growth rate is slowing down and has been for a while. And that's primarily the reason why the Federal Reserve cut interest rates. So that's the probably, uh, I would say, equally as big as the next one. And the next one is Donald Trump and trade wars. Mm. This is just not good specifically because it's happening under a scenario of slowing global growth. So it's happening in a bad environment, for want of a better word. So that's really the malaise we sit in. And then obviously then coming back to South Africa. So let's say that's for South Africa now, that's two-thirds of the reason why our market's going down. The other one-third is ourselves. You know, And we all know the bad news and everything that's happening in South Africa. So that's why the reason's going, the reason why the market's going down. There are some pluses. There's no inflation worldwide or domestically. So there's no real inflation threat at all, which is good news. You know, so, and specifically our share market's not particularly expensive at all. In fact, quite large portions of our share market are actually quite cheap. So there's another plus going specifically for our share market. But, you know, until, essentially, until Donald Trump does something with trade wars, it's going to be like this. Either he must implement a whole lot and push the world into into a recession and the share market falls 30% and then we get it over with. And then hopefully he loses the election and we get someone Mm -hmm. in, in the U.S. who starts on the new path. Or he must sign a deal or declare a truce or do something and just put this thing to bed. Either way, the uncertainty is actually worse than, it's almost as bad as a negative outcome. Do you remember when we first started talking about the trade wars, you and I, and it was probably, yes. was it probably about 15 months ago now, and it just yes. keeps on going on and on. It's not, yeah. it's not a new story, but every time there seems to be some kind of headline, Trump comes out with a tweet and says, I'm not ready to do a deal yeah. with, with, with China. It perpetuates itself. It's mm. unbelievable. Yeah, this is the first time in a very long time. Virtually, it's almost as long as what I can remember that this is pure politics negatively affecting the market. Normally, it's economic data. Economic data might have been brought on by bad management of the economy and excess credit creation and not enough supervision of the banks and the financial systems. But this is the first time that pure politics 
is causing market weakness and uncertainty. Because make no mistake, this trade war is politics. It's not actually an economic consideration at all. Politics and egos as well. Egos. Yes. Well, I've just stuck them all together in one thing. It's not just Donald Trump's personal ego, which is giant. He's a very insecure and insane individual. But it's also the sovereign ego of China. China does not want to be disparaged by people like Donald Trump. You, you can't Correct. do that. When, when you go to China, there are certain things that you do and there's certain things that you don't do. And Donald yeah, Trump and is getting it incredibly wrong. He doesn't know yeah, the you're protocol. Face. Yeah, exactly yeah, right. You, you, you're losing face. Now, now, what's ironic about Donald Trump is that in the one tweet, he'll say America's the greatest nation on earth. It's never been better than under my administration. My administration's the best. If you had Democrats in you will already be in the recession with me. It's only up. Everything's great. Everything's fantastic. Everything's wonderful. Mm. And then the very next tweet is that somehow China in particular, but all trading partners, eh, he's not singling out China. He's going for Canada, Mexico, Europe, everyone. He's going for everyone on this. Somehow, these bad trade deals in his eyes is sucking America dry. You know, that they're doing a massive damage to the U.S. economy because of these unfavorable trade deals. So, but obviously he thinks that this is very, very popular and it must be amongst these supporters and that pursuing this avenue will be good for his political career because ultimately at the end of the day, politicians look after themselves first. That's worldwide. It's a worldwide thing. Yes. Lucky. I hope sometimes you get honest politicians who realize looking after myself means I must do good for the people because otherwise I'm not looking after myself. But, you know, Donald Trump's willing to do damage to forget the world economy. He doesn't care about that. He only cares about the United States. And but himself. He's willing to do, and himself, yeah. He's willing to do damage to the U.S. economy by what is effectively a political stance. These trade wars, I mean, the world's trade system, everything that governs world trade, everything that governs world finance, was set up by an America. By America, it's an American institution: the IMF, the World Bank, the World Trade Organization. All of these are federal institutions set up. By, by the United States. You know, so you, you, you in effect, I mean, look at how he, how he attacks the Federal Reserve Bank. You are, in effect, attacking your own institutions because world trade was set up by America. It's an American invention. The WTO is an American invention. It was, wasn't invented by China or Germany. It was invented by America. You know, so he's clearly, as you said a few times now, pushing a political agenda with these trade wars. Because if the trade wars are so unfavorable and they're sucking America dry, it wouldn't be the greatest nation and the richest nation in, on earth. You know, America over, over many, many years is probably the biggest single benefactor of global trade. And I know they run the trade deficit with China, but they're running it in their own currency. They're not weakening the dollar. They pay for it in dollars. There's no foreign exchange risk on the value of the currency. So it's almost like New York State running a deficit with uh, Philadelphia. 
Yes. You know, you are effectively, it's the same currency. And all the Americans, and the reason why you buy Chinese goods is that the cost of production in America is too high. You know, so it's a natural progression. It actually benefits your economy to import goods from an area where your production costs are lower because it keeps inflation lower throughout. And ultimately, America is exporting capital by the trade deficits, but there's more capital coming in on the current account because people want to own American assets. You know, so it is, I mean, for the 20th time, it is purely a political agenda. Okay, let's have a look at a couple of things that came out this morning. Wayne, let's come back, before we go back to the international environment, because I want to do so, uh, let's have a look at a few South Africa-specific stories. Meta yes. Investments, results for the six months ended 30th of June. Let's start with them. Do you like Meta? I like the CEO, Theo Lok. Yes, Theo Lok, he's, he's, he's a good chap, but the Turkish thing knocked them a bit. What do you think about them now? Yeah, look, look. I mean, they are very tied to com- uh, to consumer expenditure. I actually quite like the company, to be honest. I mean, it's been around forever. And, you know, there's never been anything untoward, anything funny that's happened in the company. But it still supplies, you know, parts to the automotive industry, essentially. And, you know, I think it's the battery thing in Turkey, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's that hasn't been very successful for them. But the but the actual results didn't look too bad to me. Eh? I don't know what the share price did, but the results didn't look too bad. Uh, down a quarter, earnings, earnings down a quarter of a percent, yeah. but nothing. Yeah. yeah. In today's environment, that's nothing. Exactly. Yeah, because the earnings are up about ten percent or something. The underlying earnings. Astral Foods has come out with an announcement that its chief executive is taking extended leave. Yes. Their share price up a four percent. I mean, it's been a tough time for the chicken producers. Kuro Holdings results for the six months yes. ended. This always seemed to me as an overpriced share, and it was a good story, but it just it didn't have much substance behind it. I don't know. Yeah. Am, am I wrong? Look, Kuro is one of these. Kuro is one of these growth companies where they've got tremendous runway ahead of them. In other words, there's no real shortage at all of people who want to put their children into private schools rather than government schools. So the challenge for Curo is get enough capacity out there, which they seem to have, grow that capacity, get students into that capacity, and then have an offering that most people with a job can afford. So it's a very, very good structural story. But they've hit a tough time in the last year. The earnings were way lower than what I would have expected them to be, given the rating of the company. But that's also, I suppose, when times are tough, you know, you can't send your child to a private school. And maybe they've expanded a little bit too much and created a little bit too much spare capacity. But I still like the long-term story of this. I, I really do. Okay, yeah, just maybe it's a little bit overvalued at the moment. Yesterday, I know you're a big fan of the banks. Yesterday, we had results from ABSA. What did you make of yeah. those results? I mean, they to me, I suppose boring is an unfair word, but they look pedestrian to me. Those results. Yes, they are, and I think we're going to get that from all the results from all the banks. Ned banks are also very pedestrian. ABSA's pedestrian. I think all the results are going to be pedestrian. But pedestrian in this economy is good enough. Eh? To be honest, pedestrian in this economy is good enough. And these banks, I mean, they have taken a pounding in the last two, three weeks since the second round of trade, since the, the second round of, of tariffs came through on trade wars. I mean, first rand was trading at almost 70 rand, not that long ago, a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago. 
you know, it's trading 55, 56 rand now. These things have taken a pounding. Yes. So they, you know, if you believe there's any future for the world economy, and if you believe there's any future for the South African economy, even if it's a, even if it's a, 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 a mediocre future, yes, these things are seriously cheap at these prices. I mean, they honestly are, you know, but I mean, it's not dissimilar to 2008 or 2002. You know, we've gone through tough times before in the market and we've all survived and the market has recovered. And, you know, we must never lose faith that this is a cyclical phenomenon by and large. When you go through bad times, the good times will come back again, even though you can't even imagine the good times when you're in the depth of depression, you know, and everything's folding around your ears and all you hear when you turn every corner is, we're just about to knock on the door of the IMF here in South Africa and we're going to go the Venezuela route. You know, people are massively pessimistic in total. And I suppose we live the short term more so than, than see the longer term. I mean, 2008 was significantly worse and we had, you know, we recovered, we all lived, the world survived, we all still here. But when you live a day to day, it is tough and you start to feel depressed and sometimes give up hope that Nothing will ever come right, specifically in South Africa. Okay. Well, you talk about things will come right, but on the other hand, things might be different this time, and that's a terrible phrase because it's been yes. proven wrong so many times. But let me show you something here. Five years ago, Wayne, this is a quiz for you. The share price of this particular company five years ago on volume of 1.9 billion shares during the time under review, uh, the share price was 443 rand. The yeah. share price today is just over 443 rand five years ago. And then it mm -hmm. went down uh, three years ago, it was 380. And then it keeps on going down. Uh, eventually got uh, 21 days ago to 98 rand 27. Today it's just over 70 yes. rand. What is the share? Aspen. Thank you. Aspen. How can this be? You know, I thought you're talking about, I thought you're talking about NASPAS because it went the other way. It's also about 400 rand. Yeah. But yes, how can this way be? too aggressive. Yeah, way too aggressive acquisitions globally, ran out of cash, balance sheet strain, market has lost total faith in the company and its management, mm. and they've had to sell off the crown jewels to pay down the debt, and they've just had to pay a fine for malfeasance in the UK and competition commissioner, and it is just one tale of disaster after another. With Aspen, unfortunately. So you, yeah, you, you don't do think it's the deal. it's the asset management industry that has, has boosted it too much, and they've been they've been, oh, yes, they've, no, they've the been hoodwinked. No, no, the asset management industry definitively boosted it too much, and at the four hundred rand price level, it was trading at far too expensive a level. Yes. But the company was growing and growing earnings and doing doing quite well under those circumstances. So, in other words, the asset management industry will exacerbate positives and negatives in the share price. But the positive and negatives in the share price is still driven by the underlying fundamentals of what's happening in the company. So maybe it should have only been 200 rand and fallen to 80 now, or maybe, I don't know, maybe it should only have fallen to 100 and not the 80 or the 60. But the underlying company still drives the overall direction of a share. The asset management industry might exaggerate the ups and the downs in the share price. But Aspen is not what it used to be. Clearly, 
I mean, we've heard so many stories out of Aspen, starting two or three years ago. Chaps, life's tough. It's a little bit tough now, but the next six months, everything we've done in the last four years will come to fruition. So I'm, I'm quoting them. Eh? It will come to fruition and it'll be life will be fantastic. Then six months later, no, it didn't quite work, but we're still working on this. We had this problem, yeah? And then six months later, and we're not quite there yet. We've sorted this out, but this other problem arose there. Then this happened, yeah? Then they came out with Chinese milk formula is the future for Aspen, and it's going to be the most wonderful investment we've ever made. The next minute, they sold it because they needed the money to pay down the debt. Mm-hmm. Then they make an announcement, no, 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 we're doing a special deal with someone in Europe because they're going to help us distribute, which will be fantastic for the company, and uh, we're going to cut our costs and it'll improve the margin. Literally, almost the next day, they said, no, no, listen, sorry, this deal's off, and it didn't work. No, it's been uh, extremely, to, 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 to simplify it, it's, a, it's an extreme case of over-promise and under-delivery. Two years ago, this particular company was trading, or its share price was trading at 190 rand per share. Then it went down to 178 a year later, then six months later, 155, and 21 days ago, it was 140. Today, it's below 100. What share am I talking yeah. about? What company am I talking about? No, I'm not too sure about that. Discovery. Oh, yes, Discovery from, in it, so right. w- It's almost halved in the last yes. two years, and in the last 21 days, it's fallen precipitously. This is another bad yes. story. What is going on? Is it the economy? Is it the global this economy, is, the South African economy, or is it the South African this boardroom? In HI. Paper came out last week on NHI. No, the paper came out last week last on NHI's Discovery. Discovery shed 20% in the last, 25% in the last There's three no such thing days. as NHI. We know that. Where, where's the government going no, to find know that. 250 billion? Where is that? And the market, if you know that and I know that, then why is the market not saying, well, please do me a favor, I'll buy these shares now because it's, NHI well, is not going to happen? Well, it's not going to happen in, quite frankly, our lifetimes. <laughs> it you. might happen in some diluted format at some stage because it's 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 a political imperative that, action has must happen on this and i think that's why the paper came out it's it's more a political statement to say look guys we're working on it eh? yeah but i mean it's never ever ever going to be implemented in anything vaguely resembling that format that uh, that it was given because not only is it unaffordable let's put that aside it will decimate the health industry it will truly decimate the health industry I mean, it, 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 it'll like be going, it, it'll be a very similar experience if it, if it happens in the format as proposed, but it's not going to. I mean, you mustn't worry about that. But if it happens in the format that's going to be proposed, it'll be like going to the post office to have heart surgery. <laughs> that's quite funny. That's quite a good analogy. Yeah. <laughs> Wayne, what I want to say to you is, firstly, look at your screen. The Dow Jones is down um, 600 points. The S&P yeah. is down uh, around about 70 points at the moment. And when you see Aspen and Discovery, which are, let's face it, really, really good companies with good management that just got a little bit ahead of themselves, I would say that we're going to get a, a pullback in the local market over the next few weeks and months before the end of the year. 
uh, maybe October will be the low, something like that. I would say there are bargains of the century coming up. Yeah, there are bargains. Even given the, the parlor state of the South African economy, I would say you've got to be buying your Aspens and your Discoveries and Discams of, of this world. I would say you have to do it. But at the moment, you've got to be very, very yeah, careful. You've got to be very careful. The, the Dow's mean, this, on, this on its NHI. knees. Yeah, the NHI has got to some more policy statements are going to come out about the NHI to get more clarity on that. Effectively, Donald Trump's got to do a deal, and then the markets will recover quite dramatically. And I still think he will do a deal because you look at the two downward spikes in the Dow this year. They coincide exactly to the tweet he made on the Sunday and this imposition of the additional tariffs. So this, these, this weakness we're seeing now, the background is not his fault. Global Slowing global growth isn't his fault. Yes, it but is. These two precipitous falls. Now, these two precipitous falls yes. is his trade wars and the effect that it has had on global growth and, the, and the, I suppose, the uncertainty because of this. I mean, he, clearly he has affected the growth rate that's got... You know, the growth rate is slowing down more because of trade wars. But that was in place long before he started these, these trade wars. So, in other words, he's doing it in a poor environment. And he's exacerbating it massively. But the point is, the fall in the share market is directly attributable to him. And no politician is going to want that happening. And that's why he came out when, the, when all the markets rallied yesterday or the day before. Because he came out and said, oh, hang on, we'll postpone some of these tariffs to December now. You try and placate the market a little bit. Look, no matter who you think you are, even if you think you're a communist dictator, you ultimately answer to the markets. Eh? Everyone does. You ultimately answer to the markets. I mean, even, as I said, even a communist dictatorship had to ultimately, even you can take Russia, you can take China, ultimately they couldn't defeat the market. You know, ultimately they had to give in because their system was unsustainable as far as the market market capitalism was concerned so i mean ultimately everyone answers to the market and maybe more so american politicians than anyone else because in america you can say what you like and do what you like but if the economy suffers under your presidency you're not re-elected it just doesn't happen well, it depends what your base is, because the people that are voting for Trump really don't understand, are not being disparaging about his base, but they are more interested in growing soybeans than they are in what's happening in the world economy. Yeah, but no one's buying their soybeans now because of these trade wars. And a lot of these people will be out of jobs because of this slowdown in the economy and these trade wars if he goes further. So they will feel it. They will understand it. They're the ones that might even understand it most because they've probably got the least protection against an economic slowdown. Look, current trade wars, current tariffs is not enough to push the world into a recession. It's enough to make the stock market fall 5, 10, 15%. It's enough to make the global growth rate slow from 3 to 1.5%. But as it stands now, it's not enough to push the world into a recession like we had in 2008. But if he imposes 25, 30, 35, 40% of all Chinese imports, that's enough to push the world into a major recession. Then the share market falls 40%, not 10 or 15.
S&P is down to 71 points at the moment. The Dow Jones down 625 points. When you stick to your guns, you buy financials, you buy banks, and you buy uh, good quality companies that have been beaten up. Yes, I think that's what you do because, you know, this is a cyclical phenomenon. You know, the, 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 the world, what gives me encouragement about the world, put trade wars and Donald Trump aside for the one, what gives me encouragement? There's no excess debt in the financial system worldwide. That's sorted out. Consumers aren't carrying excess debt at all. Companies have debt and countries, governments have serious debt, serious, serious debt. But I think the system can handle certainly government debt way better than consumer debt. So there's not as many, what's the, what's the quote, uh, irrational, well, not irrational, there's not as many exuberances around it. Irrational exuberance. Yes. Yeah, there's not that many bubbles to burst as there were in 2002, as there were in 2008, because ultimately the true danger to an economy is excess credit bubble somewhere that bought an asset, either a property or shares, or just used it on consumption. And interest rates going up pops that bubble. I mean, that's the true global economic and market catastrophe. None of those conditions are present now. Interest rates are going down, let alone up. The consumer hasn't got debt. The housing market's not over, not uh, over-debted. Banks, the financial systems are incredibly well capitalized. So the only real debt bubbles you got is government debt bubbles and some company debt bubbles. But even the company debt's not that high. The, the, the true big bubble that is around is government debt. But forget South Africa for the moment. U.S. government debt is astronomically high. So is Germany. So is Japan. So is the U.K. But they can borrow money at 1.5%, man. And yeah. in fact, in some countries, they can borrow money at minus 2.2%. So that debt can be sustained for a while. So I don't think there's a bubble that can burst. So unless Donald Trump goes the whole hog on trade wars and causes a global recession, the world's economy can out can survive whatever's happening right now. I mean, I say survive. I mean, the share market might fall 15%, but in the bigger scheme of things, that is surviving. Yeah, yeah well, after a 10-and-a-half-year bull market, 15% is absolutely nothing. nothing. It's a tiny blip yeah. on a chart that your it's grandchildren nothing. will look at in the future and say, well, what was that, Grandpa? And say, what were you worried about? It was just that? nothing. Yeah. It was absolutely nothing. It, it, I was talking to Lindsay Williams, and we talked about it, and we yeah. thought it was bad, but actually, no, it was nothing. It was a blip. It, it's actually... It's actually a good test that I do it now and again. I have a look at the stock market for 20 years, and I look at all these little – Okay, obviously, I know the 2002 and the 2008 and the 1997 and the 1994 collapses where the market fell 40%. Never mind 1987. Hmm. I'm, I'm a little bit surprising enough. I'm a bit young for that. I wasn't in the market in 87. I was. It doesn't sound like – I wasn't in the market. I was a proper little accountant there. Um, <laughs> But when you look at all of these things and you look at these 5% falls, 20% falls, 10% falls, and they happen regularly, you know, once a year just about, you, for the life of you, you can't remember what they were. But when you were living through them, it seemed catastrophic. eh? Yes. But you can't even remember them later on. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FMV Wealth and Investment, and that was Wayne on Wednesday. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za.
Visit strictlybusinesspodcast.com and subscribe to receive exclusive content straight to your inbox.